Welcome to the Kona Edge, where you'll discover what the best triathletes in the world do to give them the edge. Welcome on to yet another edition of the Kona Edge. I'm Brad Brown. We head to Denmark today, the first time we've ever had a Dane on the podcast. And we touch base with a young man who finished second in his age group on the Big Island last year. And he's got some big ambitions. Uh, You'll find out more about those a little bit later on in the show. We'll find out whether or not he'll be heading back to the Big Island. And also, just a quick heads up, if you're listening to this podcast when we record it, which is on Wednesday, the 28th of June, 2017, uh, you've got just a couple of days to get your name into the draw for that half Ironman entry, okay? Uh, We're giving away a half Ironman race entry valued at $350 US dollars uh, every single month. So this month and every single month for the rest of the year and all you need to do to get into the draw is become a patron so for every dollar that you pledge you get one entry into the draw and i've also decided so i've been looking at ways to add a bit more value to the patrons as well if you subscribe to the patron feed i'm going to be releasing uh once a week uh, another little podcast uh with more sort of in-depth stuff with the age groupers that i chat to on the podcast and the first one will be going live a little bit later on today so uh it's with our guest christian and uh, I spoke to him a little bit about his exact power numbers and uh, a few other things as well. The secret, what he thinks is the secret to being able to qualify for the Big Island. So to access the patron-exclusive podcast feed, all you need to do is head over to theconaedge.com forward slash support. If you'd like to get your name into the draw, you can get all the details as well on theconaedge.com forward slash win. So, uh, yep, that's pretty much it. Uh, thank you to everyone who has been supporting the show so far. It is hugely, hugely appreciated. Uh, coming up on the other side of our coach's corner, we'll touch base with Christian. Today's Coach's Corner brought to you by Superfly Coaching. They've helped dozens of athletes reach Ironman Kona, the 70.3 World Championships, and even the Olympic Games. Their coaches, along with Joe Friel, have written several books on training methodologies. Their experienced coaches are uniquely qualified to recognize your skills while addressing your weaknesses. Their coaches have already helped athletes just like you reach their goals, so let them help you. Whether you're attempting to release pounds or shave off a few seconds, they're with you every step of the way. Are you interested in upping your game from acceptable to exceptional? By partnering with your passion and their experienced coaches, you can reach your full potential. Their coaching plans are like their clients. No two are alike. Once you've chosen your service level that works best for you, your coach will begin to develop your customized plan. Don't let stomach issues ruin your race. From coaching to nutritional advice, they cover it all. To discover more about Superfly Coaching, head over to theconaedge.com forward slash coaching. And don't forget, if you're a coach or have a coaching business and would like to get a plug on the podcast, head over to theconaedge.com forward slash coaching. Last week, we had our first Italian on the show. This week, we've got our first Dane, and we head uh, to Denmark now. Christian Hinyard, welcome onto the podcast. Christian, thanks for joining us. Thank you very much. Christian, it's triathlon in Denmark. I know there's a, a couple of big races. How, how big is the sport in, in Denmark? Is it, uh, is it fairly big? Is it growing? Um, I think it's uh, it has been growing for a couple of years, and maybe still is. Uh, it's very big. And actually, uh, when you see around the world, Denmark is very good, uh, is very well represented, um, also uh, in Kona as uh, 
the biggest country per uh, citizen, if you can say. Uh, per so capita. We're not really, we're not not really many uh, uh, people in in Denmark, but uh, really well uh, represented around the world. So, that's yeah, that, that's pretty interesting. And and there's a, a pretty decent Ironman race as well in Copenhagen. Uh, I believe it's uh, it's a stunning, stunning race. Yeah, uh, Copenhagen is Copenhagen. Uh, I think is known for for being one of the fastest Ironman races in uh, in the world. So so yeah, it's really nice, and it's uh, it's also uh, inside. Uh, uh, the city walls of Copenhagen. So, <laughs> yeah, really, really exciting race. Uh, and it's so. a, it's a beautiful city as well. So I, I think anybody who who wants to race a race in Europe that should be definitely high up on the on the list of ones you want to do. Christian, as far as your athletic sort of background goes, you you've only been around the sport for for about three or four years now. What 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 athletic background have you got? Have you always been sporty growing up? Uh, <laughs> Not exactly. I think uh, when I was little, I was playing a lot of computer and uh, <laughs> I was uh, skating around on my skateboard, but not really athletic uh, background. Uh, so, yeah, triathlon was uh, really uh, the first really uh, training, real training that I did. So You, you also say you, you're on computers. I know you've got a bit of a musical background as well. Tell us uh, a little bit about that. <laughs> yeah, uh, for a couple of years uh, I played bass, uh, and for a couple of years I uh, I actually uh, played bass in a death metal, a uh, deathcore uh, uh, band uh, here in Denmark. So uh, that was uh, very much fun, and I still enjoy a lot of a uh, lot of that music when I train. So it's really good for for energy and uh, hard intervals. So yeah. <laughs> I, I, it's funny, I, I come from a, I don't want to say musical background, but I come from a DJing background, so I used to do a lot of gigs and, and that sort of thing as well, and those two worlds are so far apart, the, the sort of gigging, if you're in a band or a DJ, to, to triathlon, it's almost like on two different planets. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. the, the one uh, place you drink as many beers as you can, and uh, the other place you run as many cases as you can, so... <laughs> Really far away. <laughs> yeah, they they definitely not two that go very much sort of hand in hand. But where did where did the interest in in triathlon come from? Where where did you sort of how did you get introduced to the sport? Where did it start? Um, actually, in uh, two thousand and thirteen, I started uh, studying sports science here in, in Aarhus, uh, and I was uh, so lucky that uh, swimming uh, was one of the courses or one of the the, the subjects. Uh, that was teached here. Uh, so every every uh, person who studies uh, sports science has to go through some kind of uh, swimming uh, program. And uh, I was already just running and cycling just a little bit. And then uh, some good friends of mine uh, from the uh, the study um, uh, introduced me to triathlon. And uh, yeah, I got really excited about that. Uh, I think it was uh, 2014 or something. I did my first half uh, Ironman, so very nice. What What was it that attracted you to to to, to triathlon? I mean, you, you mentioned you had run a little bit, but nothing serious. You had cycled a bit, but nothing serious. What What really attracted you to the sport of triathlon? Um, I think uh, I think that it is um, as many hours that you put in it, uh, it gives you back. So. Uh, if you're training very, very much, uh, 
you are also going to get very good results. So not any sport, uh, if you are plus 20 years and you start in, uh, in a sport, um, you are pretty much a beginner. Um, but in triathlon, you can just put a lot of hours in it and then you'll become pretty decent at it. Uh, I think uh, the less technical parts of it um, than we would see in something like uh, uh, football or yeah, tennis or something. Uh, I think it's, it's really good that if you put a lot of hours in it, uh, you become pretty decent. So yeah, I think that's it. <laughs> Did, did you take it seriously from the start or did you, you talk about that first Ironman? Did you, did you sort of do it just for fun or, or did you go that, you know what, I want to be good at this from, from the beginning? Um, yeah, actually, I, I was in a really good uh, training environment, so I was just having, having a lot of fun with it. Uh, and when I did my first half, I did it in something like... Uh, four hours and 37 minutes, uh, something like that. Uh, and I thought that was that was actually pretty good for, for, for just a beginner. So um, in 2015, I signed up for my first Ironman actually in Copenhagen um, and did a lot of training uh, with, uh, with a good friend and, and uh, who is also my training partner now. Um, so if you train 15, 20 hours uh, a week, uh, things become a little bit uh, more serious, but still just to have fun. How important has it been to have a, a training partner? Often I hear from people and all around the world and they, they're trying to do particularly training for an Ironman on their own, but having someone to train with and, and keep you motivated, it can make a big difference. Yeah, I think that's that's the the thing the thing that uh, has made me uh, uh, as good as I am now, and maybe uh, I think that uh, it has been the most important thing to to push me uh, to uh, to Kona, and uh, yeah, <laughs> it's really important. And when when it's hard, uh, you have some somebody just uh, in front of you or just behind you that. Uh, that is still pushing and you have to go on. <laughs> as far as that first Ironman in, in Copenhagen, the, the sort of build up to that, did you, I mean, you, you talk about being in a, in a good training environment. Did you get help? Did you get a coach? Uh, you obviously had your training partner. What, what sort of help did you get along the way? Um, actually, uh, the first couple of years, I didn't have a, a coach. So I was more or less self-coached, and I was really good help uh, help uh, from myself uh, myself because uh, I was studying uh, sports science, uh, which I still am, um, and I was knowing just just a few things about uh, good training, and also I had a, a, my training partner, so who was actually showing uh, really really good form. So and he had a coach, so I could just. Uh, take a few tricks from there and um, yeah but as I said uh, until 2016 uh, it was uh, I think it was most to have fun and yeah can you remember when you decided you know what I really want to take this thing seriously that first Ironman Copenhagen results wise how, how did you go and then was it there where you decided you know what I want to get really good at this 
Uh, yeah, actually, uh, I was in the youngest uh, age group, uh, 18, 18 to 24. <coughs> and, um, and actually, when we got off the bike uh, in Copenhagen, uh, my training partner was uh, something like 12 minutes uh, in front of me, uh, but I was number two off the bike in our age group. And uh, unfortunately, he had to uh, he make a, a DNF, uh, and I took the first place and actually won my age group in Copenhagen uh, in my first Ironman. So uh, that was uh, quite a surprise, I think. Um, and I got a Kona slot and, uh, and uh, said that I didn't want to take it um, at first. But uh, I thought that maybe I, I would get the chance uh, another year. I was still a, just a beginner, and I think uh, it's not uh, nice to go to uh, Hawaii just as a beginner. Uh, yeah. So did you did you pass that first slot up? You didn't take it. Uh, no, I didn't take it. That's a that's a big decision to make. Uh, you, I, I mean, nothing certain ever, and you. You never guaranteed of anything, particularly when it comes to Kona slots. Was it a, a difficult decision to make? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. But uh, as I said, I was still just a, a beginner, and I thought that it was a, if I was ever going to to Kona, I was uh, I would uh, try to to do good on Kona. And Copenhagen is really close. Um, it's in late August, so it's pretty close to Kona. I thought I was just really, really tired, and I thought maybe I'll I'll go for for Kona another time. But it was kind of hard just having it uh, uh, between your hands and letting it go. So yeah, everyone remembers their first Iron Man. Your your first one was it a? It obviously was a memorable one with with winning your age group. But uh, that finishing your first Iron Man is is very very special. Yeah, indeed, and Copenhagen is is just fantastic. Uh, the audience is so so big uh yeah it's just loud it's big it's yeah you can't imagine how it is before you have tried it i think and, and time wise do you do you remember your your splits and times in that first one um yeah i think uh my swim was just uh one hour and 30 seconds or something like that uh and cycling was uh, 442 I think so decent uh, bike split and my running was uh, 3 hours and 27 minutes <clears throat> you, your overall finish time? Um, yeah I think it was uh, 9.13 wow that, that's incredible for, for an Ironman debut that, that's phenomenal and, and even like you say Copenhagen is fast but still 9.13 is nothing Nothing to scoff at. When did you? When did you sort of? Was it after that race that you decided? You know what? I want to get a Kona slot, but I want to come back and do it sort of uh, the way I want to do it. What was the process after that first Ironman? Um, actually, uh, uh, I when I talked uh, with my training partner afterwards, uh, he was actually uh, in 2015 in Copenhagen where he made a DNF. He was going for the Kona slot that I actually got. Uh, and did not take so he asked me uh, if I wanted to try because uh, 2016 he would be in the 45 to 
20, uh, not, sorry, uh, 20, 25 to uh, 29 age group, and I would be in the 18 to uh, 24 age group. So we would be in different age groups uh, the year after. And he asked me if I wanted to go to uh, Frankfurt, the European Championship, uh, the year after. Or we decided that that uh, was the, the place to do it. And we would both uh, actually go for, for Kona Slots at the European Championship uh, the year after in, in 16. So that's that's when we decided to 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 do th- uh, something uh, serious about it. And from a from a training perspective, did you change much? Did you compared to that first Ironman? What what are some of the things you changed? Because obviously, knowing what you knew then after finishing your first one, you you could go back and see. Okay, this worked. That didn't work. What were some of the changes you made? Um. I did. Uh, I think from from uh, 15 to 16, uh, I think I I did a, a lot more training, a lot more focused training. Um, I, I got a coach, uh, and um, yeah, just a lot more hours in uh, of training, and uh, yeah, attention to detail also. Tell me about that attention to detail. What explain explain that a bit more? Yeah, I think that uh, studying sports science is, uh, is really uh, uh, helping me here. So uh, something like uh, uh, fluid loss, uh, sweat rate, um, energy intake and so on. It, uh, uh, if you just calculate all those uh, things, you're, uh, I think you're really good off to, to a good uh, uh, Ironman uh, because Ironman, it's a it's a long day and everything has to go your way to to make it a good one. So so if you take all uh, all the things that you can actually control um, and have the attention to detail in uh, those uh, places, I think that you can really do good. Uh, yeah. You you obviously experiment uh, on a lot of things on yourself. You talk about the the sort of uh, sweat rates and fluid loss. Do you, do you sort of in training test things to try and get it better all the time, or have you sort of figured out what works for you and you're sticking to that? Um, actually, uh, when it comes to sweat rate and, and fluid loss, it was very much up to uh, uh, Hawaii uh, last year. That uh, me and uh, my training partner, we we did uh, something like four four to five hours on the home trainer on the turbo trainer uh, with closed doors, very very hot, and just uh, and then we uh, would weigh in just before and after and calculate the the, the sweat rate, uh, the workout being uh, just uh, lots of uh, iron main intensity. So, do you think that's been? Yeah, that's been... the way we. Do you think that's been really helpful to you? Would you suggest that that everyone sort of figures out what that is and try and get that dialed in? Um, I think uh, I wouldn't recommend everybody to go four to five hours on a on a turbo trainer, but uh, I think that uh, it's a good idea for everyone, uh, especially going uh, racing in in hot environments. Uh, uh, just to figure out if you are a light uh, sweater or, or a heavy uh, sweating uh, person, person because it's it's really uh, a matter of, of finishing the race. If you're a heavy sweater, uh, 
I think you're you're just going to really f yourself up uh, on the bike already if you don't get enough. Um, so and there's big individual uh, uh, differences in sweat loss. So so yeah, uh, really uh, I can really recommend that. As far as the the, the sort of European Championships and, and that race trying to qualify for Kona, did did that go according to plan? Obviously, you had you had set goals. T tell me a little bit about that that race and how it went. Um, yeah, Frankfurt uh, being a, a really tough uh, tough field in in all the age groups. Um, everybody who or most of the the participants going there. Uh, are going to see if they can make uh, a good result in the, the European Championship. So it's really hard. Um, and there are spots, I think there were two spots in my age group. Um, so the plan was actually to, <laughs> to finish among those uh, two, uh, top two, uh, or of course try to win. and. Uh, that's not really easy uh, in the European Championship. So um, I figured out, uh, according to uh, earlier years, that I had to go under nine hours, um, uh, which unfortunately uh, didn't uh, work out for me. I, I went just over uh, nine hours uh, on a course being just a little tougher and a little longer that, uh, than, uh, than Copenhagen the year before. So. I was okay, satisfied, but I, I would really much uh, uh, I'd like to go under nine hours there. That's an incredible, incredible goal. And then as far as Kona itself, because I mean, Denmark conditions-wise is very different to, to, to racing on the Big Island. You mentioned spending four to five hours on, on indoor trainers, closed doors in the heat. Were there other things you did to sort of get yourself ready for those conditions? Because it's one thing training for the distance, but the conditions are vastly different to what you're used to all the time. Uh, yeah, I think we did a lot of uh, turbo trainers uh, sessions uh, leading up to Hawaii, uh, where uh, actually my training partner also qualified uh, uh, at the European Championship. So we had a lot of training uh, uh, going on uh, up to the uh, Hawaii uh, Ironman. And um, I think we were very, very lucky that the Danish summer was uh, very hot uh, uh, at the time that we were training, so uh, our running uh, we could uh, kind of simulate uh, hot conditions, but uh, a lot of turbo trainer sessions and uh, sometimes uh, swimming in wetsuits uh, and so on. Um, but yeah, you can only do so much when you're in Denmark. So actually, I think that. Uh, coming to Hawaii, uh, minimum uh, ten days before was was really uh, crucial for for us uh, uh, to get our bodies right before the race. Uh, Tell me a little bit about that moment when you step off the plane, because uh, everyone talks about the way the the heat hits you when you arrive in in Kona. Did, was that surprising to you? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it was. Um, we were arriving uh, in late late in the evening and it was still very very hot and humid so so kind of surprising but i think we were uh, good 
um, we we knew what what we were going to to face. So I think it was it was all right, and and uh, but but it was really hard. Nothing like Denmark. I'm sure. And then the the experience of of Kona itself is is pretty special. If if I say the word Kona, what do you think of? Uh, wow, it's it's just a one week long uh, party for triathletes. Uh, it's it's so cool. I think every every uh, one uh, interested in triathlon has has to go some some day to to Kona. It's just fantastic to see all the other people just really really fit and uh, ready to go. Uh, uh, yeah. It's just amazing. It's it's a party. Looking at uh, just also also being a fan of the sport, all the pros training uh, uh, around you when you go uh, to Kona Aquatic Center. You you know uh, Frodeno and uh, Miranda Carfrey and yeah Jesse Thomas and guys guys like uh, that. They're just uh, training on the lane uh, beside you. So that's amazing. Christian, as as far as the the race it goes itself, you you had a pretty decent day out. Uh, yeah, I guess you can say that uh, the swim was, uh, I think, not too much trouble on the swim. I swam something like uh, fifty eight uh, or something, just uh, under an hour, and there's just a lot of guys swimming under an hour so there was a lot of guys in uh, t1 when i came up and it was really hectic so when i uh, came on the bike i had to go a little bit in the red zone to 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 get rid of uh, of some of the other guys uh, and there was a bit of drafting you know uh, when a lot of people when somewhat 600 persons comes out of t1 in, at the same time you can uh, really avoid that so coming to the green k uh, I was just trying to put the hammer down uh, and get rid of some of those guys and um, finding my own pace. Um, coming back uh, from Harvey at the turn point, uh, I was really starting to distance some of the others and I actually uh, uh, was number one in my age group when I uh, came off the bike. Um, but there was a really... Uh, a couple of really strong guys uh, coming just behind me. So uh, on the run, I just decided to stick to my plan. Uh, I'm a bit of a slow, heavy runner. That's not my strongest uh, discipline. So sticking to my own plan and surviving to after the energy lab, the, lab, the very, very hot energy lab uh, was just uh, yeah crucial for me. Uh, I decided to really stick to my plan until I was done uh, in the energy lab. With 10 Ks to go, I could just, uh, yeah, go from there. And finishing and your first Ironman's pretty special, but finishing Kona is, there must be something else. And uh, we, we talk about your, your result. Uh, a podium, you, you must be pretty chuffed with it. Uh, I'm really happy with, uh, with the result. Uh, I know... Uh, I knew uh, going to Kona wouldn't be easy to be among the top participants, but that was that was also uh, uh, part of the whole plan to to qualify in in at the European Championship. Uh, I I knew that uh, I would be 
kind of in the mix, but I, I didn't even hope to, to become in the top five. So when I, uh, when I was off the bike uh, as the, the first guy in my age group, I, I was really, really satisfied. And I, I came uh, to the finish line as uh, second place uh, in my age group, uh, and that was just amazing, really. What do you what do you do to unwind after a race like like Kona or, or other Ironman? Are you are you want to to really let loose? Uh, you think uh, you think of parties or, or something like that? Yeah, are you are you are you want to to really sort of uh, do do? Uh, I've heard dancing is the best way to 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 ease stiff legs after after an Ironman. Uh, I think actually uh, actually me and my family, my training partner and his family, we were all together. And I think actually uh, we won the race uh, as being the fastest participants uh, coming to McDonald's afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> so it. just getting some real nasty food and uh, relaxing. Uh, we, we were actually uh, planning a party uh, in the evening, but uh, we were just dead tired. And uh, our family and friends, they were also just dead tired. So... The days after were just really, really good and really cozy. So, but uh, the evening after uh, Ironman, we were just too tired to do anything. <laughs> I'm sure. Christian, looking at, at that second place result, does that make you even hungrier to want to go back and, and win your age group? Um, yeah, actually, uh, this year I thought that uh, if I had to somewhat find uh, the next level uh, for me. I, I had to uh, to try and go a little faster on the run and I thought I have to try and race more. And if you race Ironman, it's full Ironman distance. It's just a lot, a lot of long and slow training and uh, a little less of speed work. So actually this year, it's just about uh, half distance races and uh, yesterday, actually, uh, I raced in the the national championship on the half distance uh, in the elite or pro field. Uh, it was a really good experience for me. So I think also comparing myself to to the elite or the pro field is uh, is really motivating for me right now. So I don't know if if I will return uh, right now or the next couple of years to, to Kona, but definitely I, I want to go back someday to Kona. really, really want to do that. Do, do you want to go back as an age grouper or would you would you like to turn pro? I mean, I chat to a lot of age groupers, particularly in your age group, that, that 18 to 24, who, who, who perform well. And, and, and I mean, I just look at the list of, of athletes we've spoken to over the years and many of them have turned pro. Is that something you, you could would possibly like to do? Yeah, I'm of course I'm dreaming of uh, of going pro, by, but I'm also realistic about it. And uh, I think that if I if I turn pro or, or when I turn pro, maybe uh, one day, I, I think that I will be uh, maybe not a top ten contender in in most uh, pro races. So there's a lot of of, of work to do, but I think I. It's very motivating to to race in a pro field, uh, and it's also one of the the things for me that that can push me just, just a little uh, further. So, yeah, I think I'll try to go pro if if it makes sense. Uh, but uh, no matter what, I I'll just stay uh, 
stay in the sport is uh, it's an amazing sport. Well, Christian, that was awesome. Thank you so much for sharing uh, your story and your journey uh, with us here on the Kona Edge today. Much appreciated. I look forward to talking a little bit about your, your individual disciplines, the swim, bike, run, and nutrition, but we'll save that for another day. Thanks for your time today. Yeah, thank you. And that's it for another edition of the Cone Edge. Thank you so much for listening, and thanks to my guests as well. Don't forget that uh, patron-only exclusive podcast feed. Uh, if you head over to thekonaedge.com forward slash support, you can get all the details there. The first one will be going live sometime today, so get in there now if you'd like to access it. And uh, before I do go, a quick iTunes review from you. Uh, thank you so much to Nikki135Bones in the United States, giving us a five-star review saying, great podcast, just what triathletes like triathlon talk nikki you are a legend high five uh, to you in the united states thank you for taking the time to do that and the good news is you are in the draw to win a full iron man entry we're going to be giving away one of those uh, towards the end of the year and uh, all you need to do to qualify is uh, leave us a review on itunes it's as simple as that and don't forget to head over to the conaedge.com forward slash win to uh, get into the draw for this month's half Ironman entry by becoming a patron. So until tomorrow, from myself, Brad Brown, cheers. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Kona Edge. Don't forget to connect with us on social media. Simply search for the Kona Edge.